0: Once again, we want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here today. We're so grateful that you're here this morning and so grateful for all that God is going to do in the next few months. I'm excited for some great events and times of being able to be together. Uh, that's why we have all of these ANC groups because we need each other. We need the community that comes from being with one another. Uh, I might sound like a broken record, but I'll say it again. No, nobody here was created to be a, a Lone Ranger Christian. That's not the way Jesus intended it. Jesus intended us to be interwoven together as the body of Christ, supporting, helping one another, and we need each other through community. So I encourage you this fall, find a way to build community with some others in the faith. This morning, we're going to read a story in Acts chapter 8. But before we do that, I want to read you a verse that comes out of a Jeremiah And Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet uh, because, well, he wrote Jeremiah, but he also wrote Lamentations. Uh, And he was known for that because of the great sins and evils that were in the land. And so as a voice piece for the Lord, as a spokesperson for the Lord, he began to proclaim the things that were wrong with the children of Israel that they needed to correct. And one of the things that Jeremiah said to them was very significant. And he said this verse to them in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. He says, my people have committed two sins, speaking on behalf of the Lord. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, their own wells, broken wells that cannot hold water. I remember when I was living in a Paraguay for a while, and we had taken this effort to go, and there was a a tower where the water would come up from a well too, and where that tower came from, then supply the water for everybody there, and we took the time to replace the, it was probably like a half mile long uh, pipe that went from that tower to the place where we were at. But in the process, when we were redigging the, the place where the pipes would go and relaying them, one of the older pipes that we weren't quite ready to remove, it, it got broken in the process. And a little bit of dirt seeped into the water supply that, that gave us water. And we didn't realize it until later that happened. And then later that evening we found out, ...that somebody had obtained a parasite because they had drank that water that the dirt had flowed into. And it was a broken supply. And it shows just how uh, fragile operations are when it comes to wells. Most of my life I've grown up and everywhere I've grown up most of it has been using a source of water uh, that comes from a well... And wells are tricky business. Wells have to be dug in the right spot. They have to go to the right depth. They have to come up with their You have to have a pump. You have to have a supply. All, all the things that come up with a, the fact about a well. And wells have been around a long time, as we can see, since the time of Jeremiah and even before that. But the Lord speaks to them and he tells them that they have left. Instead of the spring, a fresh spring, of water That there is a flow. Where I used to live in central Virginia, right up the road from us, was a place that was a, f- a source. It was a spring. And people would stop there all the time, fill up their jugs of water because it was the freshest water you could get. And what the Lord is saying to these people here is that they've given up that type of water. The freshest supply that will never run dry. And they've gone instead to a well. A well where... There's really no water because it's broken. There's no life coming. And he says that they have dug their own wells, broken wells that can't even hold water. And so with that verse in mind, we're going to go and read this other story here in Acts chapter 8. And once again, see the picture of a spring of living water versus broken wells. And in Acts chapter 8, the story is told of of a man named Simon the Magician. And, or some translations say Simon the Sorcerer. And Simon was known for going out on the streets and amazing people with his magic tricks. He would lay out whatever, and people were amazed, the Bible says, that they were just in awe of this. And at one point, uh, he, he referred to himself as someone that was great. And the people in the crowd gathered around him and said that this man is the power of God. That is called great. Ooh, what a dangerous verse there. What a dangerous verse. And boy, that happened for Simon the magician. You can think even in, in recent history how dangerous that is when anyone, any person, any, any individual is referred to as great because of a perceived power that is working through them. But that's a, another sermon for another day. And the Bible says that they were so amazed that all of this happened. But Philip came along and he began to preach the gospel and as Philip preached the gospel, they, they all became believers and they were baptized in water and the Bible says they began to follow and listen to the teachings of Philip and even Simon himself became a believer in this process. But how many of you know, baby Christians, as as baby Christians, we have a long ways to grow. All of us still do, no matter what point. And that was unfortunately the case with Simon. He began to say some things as a new believer that were, well, they, they were just not correct. They were wrong. And so the Bible says that the other disciples heard about what was happening where Philip was preaching and they came over to support the work. Peter and John came over. And so Peter and John, they came over and they began to do other signs and wonders among them. And so we're going to pick up reading the story here in Acts chapter eight, verse 14. It says, now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And the two went down and they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I just want to pause here for a few moments because what we're going to talk about today is really kind of a continuation of what we talked about last week about the work of the Spirit. And the work of the Spirit, as we talked last week, He comes to reprove and keep us living right for the Lord and helps us walk in the Spirit so that we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And today we're going to look at a little bit of another level of how the Holy Spirit comes and works. And you'll see here that the Bible lays out a verse here in verse 16 that says, For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. We talked last week about the basics of a believer, the basics of a Christian, how that when we come to faith, the Bible says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Basically, the Spirit is testifying with our spirit that we are born again, sons and daughters of God. But yet the Bible here marks once again that the Spirit had not come upon any of them. And they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And what we get from this is that there was a work that was started, but a work that was not finished. And the work to keep going required them to have the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. And so the Bible says in verse 17 that then Peter and John, they laid their hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. And here's where things get a little muddy. And now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on the apostles' hands, watch what he did. He offered them money. He offered them money. Whew, what an insult. What an insult to the Holy Spirit, first off. But what an insult to Peter and John that you, you can just bribe us to try to get what was going. But Peter and John knew that that was absolutely not how things worked. And he said to them, Give me, watch what he says. Give me also this power so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, very strong words. May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain. Watch this. God's gift with money. And when God gives a gift, I want to just remind us all today. When God gives us a gift, for that matter, when anybody gives a gift, You don't buy it. It's a gift. And so he says, you have no part or share in this for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. And Simon answered, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. What an interesting encounter here that happens, that there is this amazing work that is happening in Samaria and the work is not over. We see later in the, in the book of Acts how the work continues to go on greatly. But there is one individual here that helps us understand the work of the Spirit a little bit better. And it was through this encounter. And I believe this encounter was recorded in Scripture. Sometimes you read stories and you think, why would, why would God even leave that for us today? It's so wrong. It's so against what the rest of Scripture takes. But sometimes the Bible gives us the privilege of learning from other people's mistakes. And even here, Simon the magician. That there was some thoughts and things that happened in his process. But eventually he prayed and asked for repentance. And there are some things that we're going to learn here today. And this morning I want to talk to you about the living water. Living water. Living water. You know, it's one thing when you and I drink water and it gives us nourishment. All of us here today, we have to we have to have water. You go so many days without water, you dehydrate and eventually you die. That's the nature of being a human is that we need food and water to live. That is who how we have been created. God created us with a dependence, depending on a source of water and let alone all the medical benefits of it, but water is necessary for us as human beings. And in the same way, God designed us spiritually in an an equal manner that our souls are intended to be fed by the living water of the Spirit. We are intended for our souls to be fueled, to be strengthened, to be encouraged from the living water whom is the Holy Spirit working through us, empowering us and filling us. And the Bible shows us here that Peter and John, when they saw the work in Samaria, I want you to catch this, the urgency of what happened when they saw that many people had believed they made it their mission to go to Samaria and make sure That they could lay their hands on them and that they could receive the Holy Spirit. Because Peter and John had been living a life before that understood that what they were doing on the earth could not have been accomplished apart from the help of the Holy Spirit. Apart from the living water that flows. I like to think that... The Psalm chapter one is a reference in a way to this type of picture, like the righteous person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And that is the way you and I have been intended to be that if we are going to flourish spiritually, how many of us want to flourish today? I want to flourish. I don't want to be a dry, dead stick on the side of the road. I want to flourish. And how does that happen? It says through the living water flowing through us. Living water filling us, flowing through us. It's a two-way. It's God fills us, but then God makes it come out of us, the Bible says. Like streams of living water will flow from, the Bible says, from your belly, from the depths within you, outwards unto those around you. We are intended to be living in, dwell, living in dependence upon living water. So now let's come back and look at this verse in Jeremiah chapter 2 for a moment. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And they have dug their own wells. And this is the picture, really, of what the difference is between living in dependence upon the Holy Spirit and living in our own means. When we live in our own means, we're like a broken well. That thing will always stay dry because it's broken. Remember here, as we talked last week, that one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to come inside of us and transform us, to change us, to make us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And if that is going to happen, then it's the requirement that he's going to transform broken vessels into glorious vessels that can be used by the Lord. But oftentimes what happens, especially in Western Christianity, is we try to reason the Holy Spirit away from our lives and live in our own means and measures. We try to live if I, if I, as if I have enough strength, as if going to church is going to help me alone. But the Bible has created all, of the, or Jesus has created all of these pieces, being a part of the church, reading the Bible, praying, and living in dependence of the Spirit as not just one element that is to be separated one from another. We are supposed to live integrated lives with all of these things at work through us that give us life like a spring of living water. If you are thirsty, you're not going to go to a well that is empty. You're going to go to a spring that is full of living water. And this is how the Bible wants us to learn here today, that you and I, apart from the Holy Spirit, we are dry, empty, broken vessels. And I don't know about you, but if I go too long without having something to drink, I start getting lightheaded. I find myself just getting a headache. And it's like the things begin to spiral after another. And I've noticed that that spiritually can happen as well, that when we go through our spiritual lives without depending on the source of living water, there are symptoms that follow that are not comfortable. They're not good. They're not pleasant. They're not easy. Remember, first off, we, be, we, we get away from walking in the spirit and then we start gratifying the desires of the flesh. But then we try to do the things that God has called us, that God has purposed us to do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. Can I just be honest with you today? We can't do it. We can't do it. This is just not possible. Jesus did not create the church to live apart from the Holy Spirit. This is why Jesus stood up once again. It is good, he says. And when Jesus said it's good, it's good. It is good that I go away because when I go away, the comforter is going to come. And when the Comforter comes, what's He going to do? He's going to make you my witnesses. He's going to empower you to serve, to be a blessing, to do all the things that you and I are called to do through the help of the Holy Spirit. And listen, when Jesus stood up right before He ascended into heaven, it's not a coincidence that Jesus saved these words to be one of the last things He said to all of His followers Wait here, go tarry in Jerusalem and you're gonna be clothed with power from on high. It's not a coincidence that Jesus said that as the last thing, because it was the sign that as I'm ascending, as I'm leaving here, don't go on and keep going without the help of God in your life. Don't leave here and try to keep doing what we've been doing apart from my help. No, go and wait for the Holy Spirit so that this work, Jesus said, can keep going and not only keep going, but greater works will you do as the Holy Spirit is working. God has not intended us, you and I, to do the work of God without the help of God. God. Why would God do that? That doesn't make sense. If we're going to do the work of God on the earth, we need the help of God. And I don't know about you, but boy, isn't that true? Isn't that true? We need the help of the Lord. So we need living water. Now this morning, I, I like props sometimes. And I want you to pretend like this is the well. This is the picture of all of us here today. It's even a little dirty, just, just like I planned. It, Like all of us here today. We're like a well. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, this is how we are. And watch what comes out of it. I think a little dust came out. That's it. That's all that came out of it. And this is the way that God has created us to be. We are like vessels. Vessels waiting to be filled. And can I tell you today, there's nothing wrong with waiting. It's better to wait than to try and go and keep feeding people out of an empty jar. It's better to wait and say, Lord, fill my cup and I'm not going anywhere until it happens. God has a purpose for us through the living water. And there's a few things I want to show you here today about the story of Simon the magician and broken wells and springs of water. And the first thing you'll notice here today is that living water is obtained through sincerity. Through sincerity. Simon came to Paul or to Peter and John and he offered them money. He pulled out his dollars and handed it over to them and said, Let me buy what you are doing. And boy, isn't this been the case in recent years of Christianity. There are lots of people selling things of the faith and promising things that they cannot give, but that only comes. It's a free gift of God. It's the free gift of God. When God promised the Holy Spirit, He didn't promise that you would have to come and buy it from me. I've got something good for you, but it's going to cost you some money. I'm I'm going to give you some power, but wait a minute. When you're going to do that, you're going to have to work work hard for it and pay up, and it's going to cost you a pretty penny. That's not what Jesus said. He says, wait until you are empowered. Clothed with power from one high. Peter later stood up and echoed what Jesus said. And he says, this is the gift of God. And it's for you. And guess what Peter said? It's not just for you, but it's for your children's children and their children and to as many generations as afar off. As long as you and I are living here on this earth, God's Holy Spirit has been promised to help us, given to us, to empower us, to empower, oh, I love this part, to empower my children, your children, our children, to do the work of God, the same Holy Spirit that's filling us and doing great works. God has promised that gift for our children as well. And isn't it a wonderful comfort to know that God has thought so so loving of us that he said, I don't even want to see your children operating apart from me. I don't want to see any generation that comes up ahead. I want to fill them and empower them to do the same work that you were doing and even greater, and it comes through obtaining through sincerity. And this was Simon's problem. He didn't have sincerity. He had selfishness. And there's a huge difference. His selfishness was all about him. He wanted to obtain power, watch what he did, for showmanship. And there have been a lot of people who have marketed the Holy Spirit for the sake of showmanship. But the Holy Spirit is not someone to be marketed. If he's someone to be marketed, then we've blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God Almighty. And oh, how dangerous it is when we just throw around the Holy Spirit as if he's just something we can sell. No, he's God Almighty. When you and I stand before the Lord in all of eternity at the throne of God, guess who's going to be there? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He's God Almighty. There should come a respect and a reverence for the Holy Spirit as we desire to be filled with the Spirit in our lives. And this is what what made Peter almost angry in a way. May your silver perish with you. Because who thinks they can buy God? Who thinks that they can just come up and purchase God on their own? No, God is so loving. God is so kind that it's like a gift he wants to give us. It's as if I came, you came to me and you said, here, Charlie, here's a gift I got for you for Christmas. And I said, "Okay, how much? How offensive is that? You say, I've gone through my own own measure. I wanted to do this as a joy for you. And this is the way it is to the Lord when we try to buy, when we try to obtain through any other measure the Holy Spirit working through us. The only way that the Holy Spirit comes is through a sincerity of heart, a humble heart, a heart like a child that says, thank you, Father. Thank you. It's a loving heart. It's a kind heart. It's a meek heart. It's not the heart that is focused on self-motivation power. I'm always leery of any Christianity that boasts up any individual, any person through the power of the Holy Spirit or whatever. Because listen, that's not what we see Peter and John doing. It was a free gift. Come, receive the Holy Spirit so that you can keep doing it. If anyone ever tries to sell you the Holy Spirit, be be wary of that. Be cautious of that. The Holy Spirit can't be bought. He is obtained through sincerity. And as Peter and John were there, they laid their hands and there were lots of other people being filled, but not Simon. Because Simon's heart was in the wrong place. The Lord doesn't fill us so that we, so that you and I will focus on ourselves. The Lord fills us so that we will love others with strength that is beyond us. With help that is more than us. That's why the Holy Spirit fills us. It's that type of sincerity. It's that type of love. It's that type of heart that God is ready to fill. Because that's like a child coming to the Lord saying, yes, Lord, I'm here. The second thing you'll see here is that living water flows for service. Living water flows for service. There have often been times and, and, and questions about what God has been doing through the work of the Holy Spirit because of movements that have come before, that have almost altered the image of the Holy Spirit as if it was for a selfish type of showmanship. But the Holy Spirit's primary work is love. The greatest work, the greatest of all of these, Paul said, is love. And when the Holy Spirit fills us, the number one work that the Holy Spirit is going to do through us to the world is love. It's for service. He is given to us so that we might serve. And this was the problem with Simon the magician. He didn't want to serve. He wanted to serve himself. He wanted to put on a show. He wanted to entertain and crowd the people, all the crowd. But it was all for himself. It wasn't about a willingness to serve God. The Lord does not fill us and God does not put living waters flowing through us so that you and I will be like put like a build, the Hoover Dam in front of it so that it never comes up again. But we keep it for all ourselves. That's not why God fills us. God fills us so that we might overflow and be a blessing to all of those around us. God fills us so that we might be like living waters to the world that is waiting for something to drink. D.L. Moody tells a story about, in his, one of his writings, he says, How do you know if someone is really thirsty? How do you know if someone really wants something to drink? And you have to remember uh, D.L. Moody's writing before the time of water bottles. And so he says, you go through the middle of the church aisle during a service and you take a bucket of water with a ladle and you offer people something to drink. And because they see you have a bucket full of water and something to drink, he says, then you will understand who is thirsty. He says, but oftentimes what happens in Christian life is that we are walking down the aisles with empty buckets. And there are people who are thirsting and longing for living water. But we have nothing to offer because it's not in us. We have nothing to satisfy thirsty and hungry hearts because we're walking around with empty buckets. But that's not the way God intended us to be. He intended us to be in such a way. So that when he fills us, he pours into us living water and it flows and it flows and it flows. And this is just an example. It just keeps going. And it keeps overflowing and it keeps overflowing. This is why you can put a missionary in the worst country in the world of persecution, filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they're being threatened on a day to day basis. But there is love coming out of them like we've never seen before. There is still a determined and a courage and a boldness to preach the gospel. Why? That doesn't happen from an empty jar. Forget it. That will never come out of an empty jar. But a jar that has a source of water flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing, then that individual who gives themselves to the Lord has no other thought than to say, keep going, Lord, keep feeding, keep filling, keep blessing, keep loving, because the work of the living water does not have an end. It doesn't stop flowing. It keeps flowing as we live in dependence upon the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes what happens in Christian life, especially in Western Christianity, is we come to the Lord, say, fill my cup, Lord. And then we stop coming. We stop depending upon the filling, the the flow that comes from the Lord. And this is why we preach it, we teach it, we say it so much. Praying, reading the Bible, living day to day with the Lord is an important part of the spiritual life. Because that is the place where you and I are learning to walk in the Spirit. We get before the Lord in our time of the day. We say, Lord... Oh, I'm empty. I need you today. And like a living, rushing water comes flowing over our soul once again. Living water flows for service. Thirdly, we see this in the story of Simon. Is that living water gives strength. The reason oftentimes is that so many people get tired of church. And they get tired of serving in ministry. is because we're trying to do it from a place like this. Without depending on the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. This jar has nothing to offer. And when you keep trying to serve from an empty place. The action of doing this all the time. It's exhausting. When there's nothing to flow out. It's exhausting. It's tiring. And so oftentimes, what happens is people say. Well I'm just going to stop pouring out. I'm going to stop giving because they've stopped leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit for fresh strength. The apostles did this. They taught us well about this. That They understood and they were learning on the fly that when the Holy Spirit comes and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to keep coming back to the source, the spring of living water. Like the people in Israel, at one time, they were living on the spring of living water, but they forsook it. They left it. They instead said, well, instead of going to the water, instead of going to the source, we're just going to try to build up our own wells and work it up from the inside. But listen, that's not how it works. It's broken. There's nothing there. It's dry. It's a place of dryness. It's like trying to do the work that you, like trying to do your job when you're dehydrated. Eventually, you're going to crash. But when the Holy Spirit is filling us, when the Holy Spirit is empowering us, There is fresh strength that comes. And there is a determination, There is a boldness. And there is a courage that I could never muster up for my broken will. That only comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God desires for every person here this morning. Is that you and I might might be filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just filled. But filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Living water gives strength. Recently, I looked at a picture. They showed a picture in California or or somewhere there, Arizona, maybe, of one of the sources of one of the reservoirs of water. And from years and years of not having rain, guess what happened? There was nothing left to give. It's dried up. And, And actually, they came in and they, oh, this was in Texas, actually. They came in and they saw that there's dinosaur prints at the bottom of this source of water. It's been full of water all these years, but now it's dried up. And guess what's happening? There's not a source of water for the people who relied on that. Listen, you and I, if we're going to serve the world and we're going to do all that God has called us to do and fulfill our purposes for God, we can never leave depending on the strength of the Holy Spirit. We can never stop saying, well, I can just skirt by on my talent alone. I've tried that. It doesn't work. Especially me. (laughs) I have no talent. But when you rely on the source of the Holy Spirit, this is why even when you're tired and God calls you to do something, guess what? You can do it. Even when you feel like giving up and you think, God, this is a terrible time in my life. You're calling me to go bless somebody and love somebody. How in the world am I going to do that? Just lean on me, Jesus says. Trust in me. The Holy Spirit will fill you. I think if sometimes you could only know the things that people are going through and dealing through, uh, dealing with in their lives, but yet they stand up and they speak like they are living full of power, like they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. It would amaze you to, un- to understand what is really going on underneath the surface, but that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said he will clothe you with power from on high, because it doesn't matter the things that are brushing up against us that we're going through. It's like a fresh set of clothes. It causes you to have the strength to keep going. It is a sign of authority placed upon our shoulders to keep doing the work of God, not in our own ability, but in the help that the Lord gives. The musicians are going to come. We need living water here today. And oftentimes I've discovered this is that in order to have living water, it has to go through this process. What Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem. Go up in that upper room, close the door and seek my face until you've been clothed with power from on high. But oftentimes what happens is many people get weary in waiting. They'd have no desire. They have no sincerity. Instead of waiting, they go and try to find other machinery, other alternatives, other programs, other mechanisms to do the work of God. But that's not the way it works all of that machinery and all of those mechanisms will fail. D.L. Moody says this, it is necessary to wait to be filled because there is no other alternative. There is no ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. Our waiting is an act of faith that says only the Holy Spirit can empower us. No other machinery can help me. And you and I, this is true worship, waiting On God, desiring Jesus, you have a gift for me. I can't go on and do what you've called me to do apart from it. If we're going to preach, if we're going to sing, if we're going to serve for the Lord, we can't do it in our own selves. We can't be broken wells. And could it be that this is the reason so many people come to churches all across America and they leave with nothing? Because we've operated in a sense of I'm a well, and I can just try to work it up for you, but that's not living water. That won't satisfy anybody. That'll leave somebody else feeling dry. No, God has given us the gift of God, the free gift of God to be filled. Jesus looked at those disciples before he ascended, and he said to them, breathe on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then told them, now go wait. Go wait. Oh, how God wants to fill every person here today, every purpose that God has spoke to over your life, every calling, every promise that God has given you, everything that God wants to do and empower you to do. Wait upon the Spirit. This is the type of person who God says to, I has not seen ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love them. Why? Because it's not us working, it's the Holy Spirit working. And our eyes have not seen God's greatest work yet on the earth. There are still signs and wonders to be done among us, people to come to the Lord. This is why somebody who has never been to a seminary in their life, who has never been in church a day in their life, can one day stand up, be filled with the Spirit, and go out and preach the gospel and thousands of people come to the faith naming the apostle Peter. Why? Because it's not what Peter had to offer. It's what the Holy Spirit had to offer. And could you imagine how our world could be transformed if you and I day to day leaning and depending on the power of the Spirit at work through us? Oh, how people would be changed. Will you stand with me this morning? This morning, if that's you today, you're feeling just a little empty this morning, and you desire to be filled. This morning, can I invite you to just come and stand here today? You need to be clothed with power from on high. God promises that for you. You don't have to live this Christian life on your own. No, God has promised His Holy Spirit to fill you, to empower Would you just come this morning? Kneel, stand here at the front today. Oh, how we need you. How we need you, Lord need you Jesus fill us Lord fill us Jesus fill us today fill us fill us Lord all of us here today we need to be filled oh God oh oh, God wants that for us Jesus fill us today Lord fill us fill us this morning you want to do great things for the Lord be filled with the spirit you want to see God transform lives be filled with the spirit God help us today God fill us that we might love this morning we pray today God help us to have sincere hearts help us to desire you Lord you and you alone not for selfish gain or motivation not for our own gain not for our own pride but Lord we need to be filled God so that we might be full of strength so that we can serve with sincere hearts Oh, Jesus, help us today, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to not walk around this world with empty buckets, Lord, but help us to live with buckets that are overflowing here today, Lord. God, help us, like David said, and my cup runs over. God, give us that story this morning today, Lord, that we might overflow, Jesus, that we might be a blessing to those around us that we might love even those who seem hard to love, but the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. Lord God, may your Spirit come and empower us to be witnesses here today. Look, God, we might have excuses. I've never preached a day in my life. I've never said an encouraging word to anyone, but God, we know today it's not us today. We're just broken wells, but when the spring of living water comes today, it's going to be power. It's going to be witnesses for you on the earth. So Lord, fulfill of that work in us today. Lord, if we're going to preach the gospel and that every nation may hear until you come, Lord, we can't do it in our own strength. We're relying on human mechanisms in that way, but Lord, we need the power of the Holy Spirit that shows us to go this way, go that way, walk through that open door, don't go there. Lord, we need that today, Father. Across this peninsula, Lord, we need to be empowered with the Spirit so that we can show the world Jesus. Oh God, help us to not rely on ourselves. Help us to do not depend on our flesh but to walk in the spirit to depend upon you today Lord oh God fill us today Jesus fill us this morning Lord fill us fresh power Lord for the person here this morning for the pastor that's watching today, Lord. I pray God over them this morning. If they're operating from a place of dryness, Lord, today, if they're trying to do the work of God without the help of God, I pray today that you will fill them afresh today, Lord. Oh God, we all go through seasons where we end up walking away and going dry but Lord today you've promised to fill us once again and so Lord today every pastor every leader that's watching or here this morning today God we pray over them that they might be filled and renewed to do the work of God every missionary watching this morning Lord may you fill them afresh that they could keep preaching the gospel for you Lord use them for your glory use them for your honor Lord oh God not to us not to us but to your name be the glory So, Lord, we wait for the gift today. God, fill us. Help us, God, to not lean on other mechanisms or machinery. Lord, help us to not try to please the world through our own machinery, but to rely on the power of the Spirit to preach the gospel, to make known the love of Jesus. Fill us, Lord, today. Fill us. Fill us, Jesus. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Jesus. Fill us,